0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now let's get into today's reading.
1: All right, here we go. First Timothy chapter four from the New King James version. And the apostle Paul says this, now the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Folks, this is happening today for sure. People have departed from the faith. Some of them don't even realize they have, but they've given heed to deceiving spirits. And people think that it's the Holy Spirit. Well, they're deceiving See, that's the point is you don't realize that they're deceiving spirits because they're spirits and you're in touch with the spirits and you may think it's the Holy Spirit, God talking to you and such, but it says people will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines, beliefs, teachings of demons. People get off on things and they think, oh man, this is great. And they're studying. Well, somebody says, well, How do we make sure that doesn't happen? You stay on God's word. You stay on God's word and not just on one type of passage and such or one topic, but let's just, the safest thing, let's just read through it. Let's let God's word bathe us. His words, His words. When we're just taking God's words in, like we're doing daily, actually. God is speaking and God is speaking and God is speaking and God is speaking and God is speaking. We're not just taking something and running with it. I've seen this happen for years where people get a little uh, what they think is an insight and then they'll just keep going into it and practicing it and trying to make it to make it happen with people and such. Oh, you can get off so fast. Just let the Bible speak. Let God speak. Let his word speak to us. And that's how we stay on track because he's on track. And so when we follow what he says, we're on track. And if we hear anything from a spirit, (laughs) even if we think it's the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit inspired this book. So it ought to jive with and not be in conflict with or not go way beyond what the book says, what God's word says, the Bible. So in the latter times, well, certainly we're in the latter times, it says, Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies. See, they may not even realize they're speaking lies, but speaking lies in hypocrisy. Well, what would that mean? They begin to say things like, well, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. Well, did he really? See, down in their hearts, if it's hypocrisy, then they must know down in their hearts that they're not sure that's God or that maybe he didn't even say it. And so they start to put on this pretense speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. See, you keep going down that road, and you can become seared in your conscience with a hot iron, and now you don't even feel guilty for the compromises. Oh, Lord, may that never happen to any of us. And if it has, oh, Lord, heal our consciousness in Jesus' name, our consciences. And it goes on to say that in some cases, people are forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And so these are people that uh, go beyond what the Bible says, forbidding to marry. That's beyond what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that, but some people would take it too far and make people feel like you're really holy if you do this. And uh, to abstain from certain foods, which God, uh, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Watch this, verse four: For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be re- refused if it is re- if it is received with thanksgiving. So, boy, that just kind of opens the door. Somebody said, "Well, what about the law?" And you know, don't eat pork, and don't eat shrimp, and etc., etc. Well. Paul here, who is a Pharisee of Pharisees, but he's an apostle to the Gentiles. He's saying, look, if you're eating with thanksgiving, nothing is to be refused. Now, he's not trying to get people to eat things that the law condemns or forbids. He's just saying, look... (laughs) Uh, As Gentiles, particularly, he's writing, he's out here writing to Timothy about the city of Ephesus. So he's writing really to the Gentile world. And he's saying, don't let people come and strap on you some kind of a law that doesn't exist for you. And so he's saying, "You, you need to eat things that are good for you with thanksgiving. And if it's received with thanksgiving, then it's acceptable. It's not to be refused. Well, I can tell you this, there are people even in in the United States, in certain parts of our country that eat things that I won't eat, (laughs) but they eat them. And I can't go condemning them saying that's wrong just because I don't think it ought to be eaten. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't eat it, but they should do it with thanksgiving. They should do it in faith. For notice this, he goes on to say, let me read four and five together for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused. Refused, if it is received with thanksgiving, for listen to this, it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And so, if you're eating something, <laughs> then he said any creature. So he's not just talking about vegetables, plants. He's talking about animals too. And he says it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So we can declare God's word and prayer over what we're eating and it to be sanctified. Now it's set apart for us in the Lord. We're eating as we're eating it unto the Lord. So I always like to quote the Bible when I pray over my food. Like I like uh, in Exodus, uh, Exodus 25, I believe it is, and uh, maybe 26 and the 25th verse right in there where the Bible says, uh, so you shall Uh, so he shall bless your bread and water and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So I like to pray, Lord, I thank you that your word says you bless our bread and water and take sickness away from the midst of us. And sometimes I quote this one right here. Thank you, Lord, that our food is sanctified by the word of God in prayer because this is scripture. This is the word of God and I'm praying it. See? And so I'll just declare these things. And so we ought to pray not just a little half hearted, formality of a prayer, but we should pray in faith over our food, and then it'll be sanctified according to God's word. Verse six, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith. Notice not only food nourishes us, but God's word nourishes us spiritually, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine, which you have carefully followed, but reject profane and old wives' fables, and and exercise yourself toward godliness. So notice, he's even telling Timothy, you're vulnerable to these deceptions, to these fables, and such. He said, no, you need to you need to keep yourself focused on the truth of God's word and reject these things. Sometimes we want people to be happy, and we want uh, them to make them uh, feel. Encourage when they come and they're telling us something and we're, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have to be careful because sometimes they're off. Sometimes they've gotten off and they're giving, giving place to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And we need to be careful that we're not giving them the impression that what they're believing is good and wholesome. Verse eight, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Get that. Uh, Yes, it's good to exercise and work out and such, but he says bodily exercise profits a little. So it does have profit, but godliness profits for all things. Oh, if you have to weigh between being in good physical shape or being in good spiritual shape. Oh, he said spiritual shape. Make sure because godliness profits for all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So the physical shape is good for this life, but the spiritual shape is good for this life and the life to come, which is for eternity, everlasting life. Verse nine, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor And suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. So Paul is saying the fact that we live our lives with the eternal perspective, we live our lives for eternity and not just for this life. He said we suffer reproach and persecution because of that. He said, but it's worth it. And he said, these things command, command that people live like this and command and teach people to live like this. Verse 12, let no one despise your youth. So here, Timothy must be still a young man at this point. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in words. So he's telling Timothy, look, don't just demand respect. No, earn the respect. Be an example to the believers in word, how you speak, in conduct, how you behave, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So he's telling Timothy, here's how you don't let anybody despise your youth. You live the life as if you're a mature believer. And then you'll have the ability uh, much better to command the respect that's needed to play your role as leading this church in Ephesus. Verse 13, till I come, give attention to reading. By the way, that's what we're doing right here. No other place in the New Testament says it just that plainly to read the Bible. It says, uh, till I come, And by the way, uh, we could take this from the Lord Jesus till he comes. Till I come, give attention to reading. Aren't you glad you're with me today in this? And we're doing exactly what it said to do. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation. This is the encouragement, bringing words of encouragement and instruction to one another. To exhortation, to doctrine, that's teaching. Uh, Verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, Timothy, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And so notice this, he's referring back to something that he mentioned in the first chapter. He said, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you'll wage the good warfare. Now he says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. So he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you have something inside of you to help you with your role and your assignment. In the church, you have something in you. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. So there's something inside. Do you remember when Jesus said to his disciples, Freely you have received, freely give? See, sometimes we forget that these things are tangible and real because we can't see them. But nonetheless, they exist. And so when the elders and Paul laid their hands on Timothy to install him in this position of ministry, something was deposited down inside of him, a gift from God, an ability to to fulfill this assignment and to do this ministry. And Paul's saying, don't neglect that. It's down in there. Don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. So we spoke prophecy, and those words came into your ears and down into your heart, and are we're depositing this grace, this ability to do this. So, which was given to you by prophecy with a laying on of the hands. Here's another way that they were deposited. The gift was deposited deposited in through the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. What things? Meditate on the prophecies. Meditate on what God did, how he installed you into this position. He believes you can fulfill this assignment. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, not to the circumstances that are adverse right now, not to what discourages you, but give yourself entirely to these things that your progress may be evident to all. If you'll Focus on what God has done, what God has said to you. Then you'll be making progress and your progress will be evident to all. Okay, one more verse, verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Let's just stop right there. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the teaching. Well, many of us have taken heed to the ministry and to the doctrine, but we haven't taken heed to ourselves And we need to pay attention to ourselves. We need to make sure that we're uh, doing what we need to do to, to be in it for the long haul. Sometimes we'll run ourselves ragged or we'll put ourselves in a position of compromise. We'll leave the door open to the devil. We need to take heed to ourselves. What's going on in our own lives, our own hearts, our own minds, what's happening in our own uh, marriages or our own families, our own finances, etc. Take heed to yourself, Timothy. Don't just teach everybody else, but also take heed to the doctrine, the teaching. And he says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. See, if you don't keep yourself in the faith and on your way to heaven, then you're going to lose other people as well. Because people are going to say, well, why do we listen to him? Look at him. He went off the deep end. No, take heed to yourself. That's why I can tell you this. Yes, I'm a teacher of the word. Yes, I'm reading here with you every day. But did you know I read on my own? I read the Bible on my own daily to receive. Yes. Why? I need to hear from God for myself. See, right now I'm hearing from God. Yeah, but I'm really doing this so that you're hearing and understanding more of the Bible. But I have my own private time where I'm reading and hearing from God, often tears coming down my eyes where God is speaking to me and I'm speaking to him and praying and having this personal time with God and his word. This is so important. And so Paul is telling Timothy to do this. And by doing this, you'll save both yourself and those who hear you.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman.